Why? Leonor doesn't like voices. I know. Sorry. Sorry, Leonor. Thank you. I had, a, I had a couple good ones this morning. They're both under 10. It was sweet. Um, okay, yeah, but I'm speaking tonight. Um, my name is Jesse, and I work here. I'm on staff here. Uh, this is awesome. Nobody's here. Um, <laughs> like, okay, well, there's the Broncos. The Broncos are playing. But then Ben and Jenny got married, and they put it on freaking Sunday night. I love Ben, but what the heck? Dude, <laughs> your church meets during your wedding. Um, anyways, glad you guys are here. All right. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, but the only way it's going to be good is if God helps me out. So, okay, everybody pray with me, okay? Uh, we got, I got to I gotta get God here. And it doesn't happen because of prayer. I'm just going to say, hey, God. All right. God, hi. Um, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for my friends. Thanks for my brothers and sisters, my family here. Um, yes, take care of Ben and Jenny's wedding. I hope it's a good one. Send your spirit to uh, witness those promises and, uh, and be good to them. Um, right now, take care of us, uh, despite what I might do. <laughs> um, I think these are your words. I think you have things to say to us. Um, but yeah, straighten them for us. Uh, if I say dumb things, yeah, help us forget those. If I say smart things, then yes, nail them to the insides of our skulls so that we might remember them and live them. Um, more than anything, I want you to be pleased. I want you to, to smile and say, ah, that was a good night. Thank you, my son. Thank you, my daughters. Uh, and if that gets seen to... Uh, yeah, let it be a good time as well. Um, we sure love you so much. Amen. Okay. So, um, I'm going to start with the story. i got to walk around a little bit. Um, I'm going to start with the story. It's called The First Time I Heard Operation Ivy. Um I punk rock. You guys hear me talk about punk rock from time to time, and and, and I'm sorry if that's not your thing. It's just the way I see things. It's part of the lens in which I see the world. Um, I hope that I hope that my story is that you can relate to my story in one way or another. Uh, that's the point. The punk rock is not the point. It's just what God did with me is the point. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, so yeah. First time I heard Operation Ivy, winter of 1991. I was 14 years old. Um, I was a compliant little kid. Um, I really just thought grown-ups were the greatest. I wanted to please as many grown-ups as I possibly could. Um, coaches, parents, Sunday school teachers, teachers. <sighs> It was, yeah, the winter of 1991, just like a few months before this story happened, as a 14-year-old, I sent Christmas cards to my favorite adults. So not awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, gosh. I didn't do it again. 
like what I was trying to be I was trying to be a grown up. Anyways, like I said, I was trying to please grown ups and and coaches were some of those grown ups. I played a lot of soccer. Um I was you know, not terrible at soccer. I was a goalie. Uh and so I played on a club team. We played year round. It was in South Dakota. I had to play, we had to practice in the wintertime. Uh, and so I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but we had to practice way out at this high school. Um, parents dropped me off at practice, and then I was getting a ride home with Tom John. Tom John was one of my defenders. He's a good guy, not a super close friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, I knew that Tom John would always do what he was supposed to do. I didn't have to look Tom John's way. He was good. He, he did his job very well as far as soccer went. And he, and he was a nice enough guy. Uh, and he was, he was, he hung out with the punks. He was a punk, punk rock kid. But I got a ride home with him and somebody else. And I was, you know, I was kind of, I was a little bit of a loser. Well, okay, I was a big loser. But, uh, I sat in the back. Whatever, I'll just suffer the ride home back here. It's cool. Uh, but we all got in the car and, uh, Tom John smashed in a tape to his, to his stereo. And it was Operation Ivy. Oh, man. But the, I had some exposure to, to punk rock before this. You know, I think I had a couple copies. Uh, I had a copy of copies of, like, the Vandals and uh, and, and Bad Religion. Um, but I was just kind of dabbling. You know, I didn't spend any money. It was, it was pretty good. And and it wasn't what my parents had explained to me punk rock was. My, my parents said, oh, it's, that's just noise. Don't listen to that. That's And it's not good. Jesus would not be pleased with you listening to punk rock. And... <laughs> But yeah, it's like, oh, this is this can't be punk rock. It sounds, I mean, there's harmony and there's musicianship and there's melody, like, whatever. But yeah, Tom John put that tape in, and the first song was what my parents said. It was noise, total noise. First track, knowledge, you know, it's loud. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is this is what I know of punk rock. Uh, and then the next thing, song came on, and my world changed. Sound system. One of the best, it, ah, one of the best songs ever. This is still to this day like one of my favorite songs. So good, she knows. Yeah, I was like, oh gosh, what? what this is this, what? Tom, TJ, Tom John, what? What is this? And he's like, Op Ivy. And I was like, what? What? I was in the back seat and it was loud. Operation Ivy. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, right on. And I listened intently. It was, it was something else yes i mean i mean it was it was a mess like no one had taught that guy how to sing <laughs> it was it was crude and the guitars were so basic anybody could have done that that guitar line but even though it was so basic it was just still it was still a sloppy mess this was like what my parents said punk rock was it was it was noisy it was just noise and I liked it. <laughs> so good. That second song came on. It was so great. And then, the, then, then there was another song, Jaded, which is another noise one. But, but this time I listened. I was like, what's going on here? I tried to pick out what was going on in that song. And then there was another. The fourth song was kind of a reggae, slower one. So good. It's like, that, that's not what I was expecting. And then there was a super fast, like, sing-along one after that. Bombshell. Dude. Oh, so great. 
So it was, it was about half an hour that it took Tom John to drop me off at my house. And I heard probably 15 of the 19 songs on the tape. It's so great. And, oh, man, I was just, I got home. You know, I took a shower. I was all stinky. And then, and, and then you know, went to bed and stared at the ceiling. I was like, oh, I want to hear that sound system song again. So, yeah, next day, you think I went and got that tape? No. No, I didn't. Because, yes, I was staring at the ceiling that night, looking at the feeling, going, oh, yeah, I want to hear that song again. But this is different, Jesse. This, this would mean, I think, that you like punk rock. You were just dabbling before. But this is, this is a thing, dude. Are you a punk? It's like, no, you, no, you're a dork. <laughs> you're not a punk. Don't, don't, don't worry about this. But then, you know, there's these two voices going in my head back and forth. I was like, well, if you like punk, you might be a punk. Like, no, 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 that's not, a, no. Well, punks are bad people, right? Yeah, punks are bad people. I'm not, am I a bad person? I'm not a bad person. I can't be a punk. Well, what about Corey? Corey and Tom John, they're punks. Your parents like them. Oh, yeah. But no, I can't do that. No, 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 no. My parents said Jesus wouldn't be okay with this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't possibly. You're a smart kid. You're a smart kid. You can't be a punk. Well, Corey's in your advanced math class, and he's a punk. Yeah, maybe. And there's, and there's those, those two cellists, those two beautiful cellists in the orchestra, the one with the green hair and the white hair, and like, whoa. Wait a minute, you think a girl with green hair is hot? Oh, you are so doomed. Like, crap, what does this say about me? What does this say? I like this stuff. Is this okay? I mean, I was a music lover. Like, my parents just raised me listening to music all the time, and I loved it. I loved, you know, the Beach Boys. My dad loved ABBA. Not very punk rock. <laughs> but melody, man, I loved melody and sing along a bull stuff and oh yeah i love music but man punk rock was something else screwed with my head have you guys ever had that conversation in your head maybe not around punk, not about punk rock but like two cultures coming together in your head and you're like yeah your parents told you this and that is not what you're hearing now or whatever you know th- i mean this is also known as adolescence but uh it might happen, you know, when you're 28. It might happen when you're 44. It might happen when you're 70. Have you guys had these? These culture clashes in your head? It's like, wait a minute. This is, I haven't heard this before. Is this okay? And you, and you ask these questions. You answer these questions. You try to answer these questions. Like, what is going on? Cultures coming together, screwing with your whole world view. It's Man, it's jarring. But it's good. It's good that we think, that we engage with with the things that we come in contact with and process and look for truth. Guys, tonight what I'm doing, I'm introducing our next sermon series. We're we're going to the book of Luke. Uh, The first part of this year, we were in Samuel. First Samuel, which was super sweet, you know, we looked at Samuel and Saul, um, and how they dealt with God, how God dealt with them, how they trusted him, how they didn't. 
it was really great. Uh, and then Mike's got Mike got back from sabbatical, and then he's been talking. He's been talking about Jesus, beatitudes and stuff like that. So good. We're going to be in Luke for a while. We're going to do the whole thing, the whole thing. How many times have we done a whole book? Like twice. <laughs> Normally we go we go through and are trying to do everything, and then we get bored. Our short attention span gets the the worst of us, and like, oh, it's no longer you know blank, but it's themes. From, you know, Isaiah or something like that. It's like, let's just pick out our favorite stories and get through this. No, Luke, we're doing the whole thing. It's going to be great. So, yeah, there's this week I'm I'm kind of introing. Next week is story night or story night and story day. It's going to be super, super cool. Uh, And then the following week, we're going to start in chapter three. Makes sense. We're doing the whole thing. Start in chapter three. Uh, No, no, no. Uh, First couple chapters are Christmas stuff. So we'll leave Christmas stuff for Christmas. Uh, so that's what. The, so that's how it's going. Jesus introduced new culture. Oh man, he screwed with the world so hardcore. Everybody's Jews, not Jews, government. Everybody's like, oh, what is this guy's deal? So. Tonight, uh, I've given a little bit of context, a little bit of background for what we're doing. Um, what is going on at this point? Uh, naturally, it's the, the new calendar. Happens around, you know, zero. <laughs> Year zero, uh, which isn't quite a thing. It's funny. What, what is it, CE now? Not AD and BC. It's CE and BCE. That's right. Common era and before the common era. So politically correct. Thank you, um, North America. Um, but anyways, at this point, when Jesus gets on the scene, four centuries have gone by where we haven't heard anything from God. No one. Before then, the Jews the Jews were hearing periodically from God. He would speak to a prophet. They'd write stuff down, get spread around, and people were like, oh, sweet. God would reveal himself through these prophets. And then slice nothing. Four centuries. Four centuries. 400 years. What is going on? God? Hello? Knock on the, what, did you knock on the sky? No. Um, people were wondering what happened. They got a promise. Something good was coming. But 400 centuries coming? Ah, wait, four centuries coming. 400 years coming. Yeah. So people were a little antsy, to say the least, as far as the Jewish God went. Also during those four centuries, a new (laughs) power was coming about. The Roman Republic. And then just like a few few decades, like uh, 30 or 40 years, right before Jesus came, uh, the Roman Empire. It it got turned over to Caesar Augustus, and he made it an empire. He started like, like swallowing up land, taking over the world, literally. And, uh, and... And then, yes, uh, Israel, the Holy Land, where God's people hung out, got taken over. Got taken over by Rome. And so, yeah, 400 years ago, God stopped talking. 400 years ago, the Romans started moving. What's going on? Everybody's kind of, quote, unquote, knocking on the sky saying, God, is this what, are you okay with this? Are you gone? 
Is this just how it goes now? The Roman Roman Empire was merciful to the Jewish faith, which was interesting. They actually said, okay, no, you can keep going. You guys can keep being Jews. That's cool. We're going to pick out your high priest, okay? We're just going to make sure everything's kosher. You can still say God is God. You don't have to say that Caesar is God. But, you know, the guy who's in charge, we'll pick him out, okay? So, yeah, the Jews are like, uh, okay, thank you? (laughs) Somebody that a whole different empire was picking out their high priest. That's not comfy. That's awkward. And now some more more, uh, context as far as who wrote this book called Luke. Um, The... It's not, the the name Luke is never brought up in Luke. You can just call him the author. It kind of doesn't matter. I mean, there's there's some debate. Was it Luke? Was it not? Um, When people say Luke, they're talking about the physician, the the doctor guy that was hanging out with Paul on on some of his trips. Um, And it might be that guy. Might not. I don't know. It doesn't matter who the the author is. It matters what's in the book that we're going to get so excited about and that I'm already excited about. What we do know about the author, though, I'm just going to call him Luke for, you know, because the author of this book doesn't it just get stupid. <laughs> he's educated. No question there. He's a pretty highly educated person, a trained observer. Probably came from some money. Smart guy. Incidentally, he wrote Acts, the book of Acts as well, which comes after the Gospels. Um, and to get... who. Luke, or whoever wrote it, wrote more of the New Testament than anybody, even more than Paul. Um, so, yeah, he's got some things put together. Uh, did I get all that? Yeah, totally. So, with that, let's read the four verses I get. I don't actually have much to anchor to. This is a weird sermon to get together with only four verses. But, um, anyways, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those from the first, wait, by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So, at least from these four verses, we know why he did this. Verse 4, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. He's obviously done some homework. He's talked to eyewitnesses. He's talked to uh, people that have been around, his disciples, apostles. Um, He actually based most of his stuff off of the gospel Mark. Almost all the stuff that's in Mark is in Luke. But uh, Luke did leave some of that stuff out, and he found a lot more. Uh, there's, There's four gospels, and the gospels are... Accounts, historical accounts of Jesus. And there's, there's a few of them, but these have, these have been, the four that are in the Bible are the ones that people found the most reliable, the most consistent. Um, Matthew is the first one, uh, which is pretty cool. Matthew was actually there. He was one of Jesus' disciples, knew about stuff. Uh, the best connection between the prophecy of the Old Testament, connecting that prophecy to Jesus. Uh, then there was Mark. 
which Mark would have made the best um, graphic novel. It's totally action. It's just stuff Jesus did. There's not much teaching to it. There's only like four parables in it. It's, I mean, Mark says like immediately all the time. He's like, he did this, and then immediately did this, and then this. <laughs> it's like, whoa, man, did he sleep? <laughs> it's the action-packed gospel. Then there's Luke, which was kind of based off of Mark. Added some more of the teaching, some more, uh, but some more healings and stuff too. Uh, and then there's John, also known to be uh, written by somebody that watched Jesus do this stuff. Um, and also had a, had a huge Jewish bent to it, the, John, uh, the Gospel of John. Linked God the Father, God of the Old Testament, to Jesus as, as God's Son. Um, so there's four Gospels. We're doing Luke. Um, but yeah, from these four verses, Luke was setting up his audience. He's like, okay, Jesus is going to screw with your head, Okay. I think he wrote this intro after he wrote the book. He got the wrote book, He got the whole book written out, and he's like, whoa, okay, people are going to freak out. People are probably just going to dismiss this. Uh, okay, I'm going to write an intro. Okay, guys, I did my homework, okay? This is totally legit. I checked this out, I checked this out, check this out, okay? Now get ready for what he says. I promise I did my homework. And he did it for a guy named Theophilus. Um, th- there's some interesting things to this. I mean, first of all, makes Luke the first wild stallion. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, those guys. <laughs> Most excellent Theophilus. <laughs> first, uh, it was Bill and Ted. He was, he, was, he was Bill and Ted before Bill and Ted were around. Come on. Oh, Bill and Ted were the best. Wayne and Garth, Good. Beavis and Butthead, eh, not, not as good. Nah. Bill and Ted, the best. Anyways, those guys are so great. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so you also have to mispronounce the name. Theophilus. <laughs> I love this. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Chav is there. Eric knows. Um, most excellent, actually, is a good stab at... Uh, the, the, a lot of people would say he was a Roman. He was a Roman uh, uh, military official. Uh, that is something that you would say in context with a Roman official. Uh, and then Theophilus, that was just his name. An- another thought, another stab at what he's talking about here is not a capital T. Uh, lowercase t, Theophilus. Theo, root, God. File, somebody who's into whatever the root is, somebody who's into God. So that he was just writing to anybody who would be interested in God. That's another pretty good stab at it. Um, but yeah, either way, this is useful. God is setting, or Luke is setting us up for what God was going to reveal in Jesus. And what is some of that stuff? So who is Jesus? Talks about this. Son of Mary and Joseph. Comes into play, his relationship to, to, his relationship to his family. I mean, it's empirical. It's observable. It's recorded. He was the son of Mary and Joseph. And, and there's some interesting plays that, that Jesus does with that. Um, but then also the son of God. A little bit more abstract. As far as somebody doing their ho- uh, homework and nailing stuff. 
down. That's like, oh, really? Okay. That's a little bit harder to swallow, but okay, if you did your homework, well, then it's got to be true. All right, and then what else does he reveal what Jesus does? He teaches, he heals people, and he gets interrupted a lot. That's pretty sweet. Some of the teaching, I love the, the book of Luke. God says some of the craziest stuff through his son, Jesus. Do you remember that website, that, that, I think it was a Twitter, Twitter feed, um, quote-unquote, stuff my dad says? <laughs> and then his dad would say ridiculous things like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe that guy said that. And, although it's not stuff, it's something else uh, that he says, that he titles it. But uh, this is, uh, Luke is kind of stuff that Jesus says. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Jesus said that. What? Some of the teaching in Luke is craziness. You don't, don't invite your friends to parties. That's dumb. Invite people you don't know. Like, uh, uh, what? Jesus says weird stuff in Luke. And he heals people. Um, miracles, you know. Really? Really, Luke? If you did your homework, then you'd know that that can't happen. Um, so we see some cool stuff in that way. And, the, and one thing that happens a lot to Jesus is he gets interrupted all the time. Uh, in November, uh, Adam is, is speaking on that, 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 one, that one scene. Jesus is speaking in, an, in a house, and it's filled with people. And, like, so many people, people are looking in the windows and stuff like that. And Jesus is spreading his message, and it's just going to go everywhere. And then these guys climb up on the roof, pull the roof off, and drop their lame friend right in front of Jesus. And Jesus is like, oh, oh well, okay, I'll do this now. <laughs> like what? There's more important things to do right now, Jesus. Heal him. Just give him an hour, and then Jesus will get to you. All right. It happens so often in Luke. It's so great. Jesus gets interrupted, and it's and he always takes it. He always takes the opportunity. He's like, oh well, yeah, I'll do this now. I guess. It's funny. Like it. Like it's almost he's being inefficient all over Luke. It's funny. I mean, it, there's there's a case to be made that he's being very effective and efficient. I mean, it, it, it illustrates, you know, his investment in Peter and then the three and then, and then Peter, James, and John and then his 12 disciples, but then 70. And, like, it's this multiplicative thing. And he's like, oh, that's effective. That's brilliant. Oh, that's my all business model should be modeled after that. Yeah, okay, he's not completely inefficient, but at the same time, he is totally inefficient. He's always good with these interruptions. And it, and, it, and it shows up in Luke more than any of the other Gospels. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Okay, so I, I had a cold or something this week, and so I was working on my sermon in my bed. And working on my sermon, at, working on a sermon at my house is distracting. I have four kids, um, and God bless them; they're hilarious. But uh, yeah, so I'd be type, type, typing, and then Finn, my number three, he he he's four now; he's almost five. But, but he comes in and he goes, uh, Papa? He's like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy, what? Uh, Papa? Okay, dude, what are you saying? Well, I want to... I want to make this Lego. I was like, okay, dude, all right, go make a Lego. 
<laughs> it's like, well, I want to make a Lego with these two claws. Because I found the two claws. I don't want to put them on the wings. I'm like, okay, dude, all right. He's like, okay. And then he, you know, scampers off and, and, and plays with Legos. He's the slowest talker in the world. My poor wife. <laughs> and then I went back to typing. He's like, yeah, okay, Jesus is okay with interruptions. He's like, oh. Head smack. He's like, oh, frick, I'm in. I'm a bad person. And so later, I played Legos. <laughs> and this afternoon, we scrambled around, played on the slides, and that, that, that. Hopefully, I got a little bit better writing the sermon. <laughs> Are we okay with the interruptions? I don't know. Look for that in Luke because it's really cool. Um, okay, and then who and what Jesus cares about? So interesting. Rejects, outcasts. That is what Luke showcases. Now, this is interesting. Because Jesus did come for the Jews. That was his main thing. God chose his people, the Jews, Israel. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't completely exclusive. If you wanted to get in the family, you could get in. Kind of had to make some effort. But yeah, that's a good family to be part of. So you could get in. And Jesus came to help them out. But he didn't come just for the Jews. He came for more than that. He came for the Gentiles. Gentiles mean, A Gentile means not Jew. And this happens quite, the Gentile is a word that's going to be used quite a bit as we go through Luke. Uh, and then, yeah, so, so rejects and outcasts that he deals with are, are women. He, he speaks to women. He... Uh, Take, Luke takes note of women present all the time. And people, at the time, people were like, I don't care if women are there or not. Luke thought it was important. Samaritans. Samaritans are a, a specific race of people that Jews had an issue with for, frankly, not the best reasons. Not much of a reason at all. I mean, it's like, well, yeah, I mean... We're all Broncos fans, right? And Raiders fans, we have an irrational thing about Raiders fans. Well, I do. <laughs> Sorry. Not really any good reason for that. They just like black, and I like orange. That's not true, actually. I like black. But um, that is what Luke showcases. Rejects people that no one else likes, that Jews don't like. And one thing that he talks about so much is individuals. Again, which points to that inefficiency thing. So many times he is looking at one person. He will stop talking to a multitude of people to talk to one person. So good. Uh, he talks about prayer a lot, uh, the Lord's Prayer, things like that. Uh, and then, And then what he's getting at with everything is he's like, I care about these things. You should care about these things too. It wasn't just kind of a come to me, listen to the things that I think are important. It's like, no, 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 no. You guys want to live like this. This is the way to live. You're totally going to dig this. 
I think you guys can sort of figure out why this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Rejects, outcasts, weirdos, inefficiency. (laughs) So good. So, at this point, let's get back to my story. The the day I first heard Operation Ivy. And and at this point, there is some conjecture. You know, I'm... I'm, uh, Kind of making up some stuff that God said, but uh, oh man, this is this is my favorite part. I actually, I actually wept in my room writing this part. I, I think that day, Jesus got out of bed in heaven and said, "Okay, today's the day." He gets his angel buddies together. He's like, "Jesse's going to hear Operation Ivy today. Today's the day." And his angel buddies are like, "Well, yeah, okay, yeah. good, great." He's going to stop talking to you, Jesus. Like, ah! Jesus like, yeah, yeah, I know, and that sucks. I like talking with him, but, yeah, he's going to go away. He's not going to, he's, he's not going to talk to me. He's going to turn his face away from me. But I'll be there. You guys will be, too. Like, we'll, we'll be around, Jesse. He's not leaving us. He can't leave us. We're everywhere. But... This is, this is the start of it all. This is where Jesse will start being who I meant him to be. Right now, the church is changing Jesse. More than I am changing Jesse. And I, 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 he's got to get away from that. It's going to be weird. I'm going to miss talking to him for a few years. That's going to be so good. He's going to get out there. He's going to get out of the church. He's going to see the world and what's wrong with the world. And then he's going to want to fix the world. And then he's going to turn, turn his face back to me. And I'll help him. I'll help him then. I'll help him change the world. And yes, the church will change him again, but now with my help. And now, Jesse will change the church, too. This is, this is my plan. This is going to be so good. So yeah, God bless Operation Ivy. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to fast forward, I mean, yes, I started buying punk rock albums. I did. I went out and got Operation Ivy a couple days later. Um, I scraped together a few bucks, went down to 7th Street Records with the coolest record shop owner in the world. He's a super, like, super gentle, long, gray-haired man. He was asked to be the bassist of R.E.M. How cool is that? And he said no. <laughs> this guy was so cool. But anyways, I went there to buy the tape. And it was 1991, and so the CD, the compact disc of Operation came out, and it had a whole EP added to it, so it was 27 songs for nine bucks. So good. <laughs> but I started buying more and more stuff. I started buying Bad Religion and Face to Face and Screeching Weasel, and, oh, man, it resonated with me so much. It started, I just resonated with questions being asked. What is wrong with this world? And what can we do to fix it? By God's grace, I, 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 the punk scene that I got into was 
very immoral. It, it was. I mean, the rebellion that they were into was, was living better lives than the authorities were living. It was definitely kind of a what-the-F ideology rather than the F-P-W, <laughs> the F-the-world ideology, which there's plenty of those punk rock bands. They're kind of idiots. <laughs> some of them write some good songs. But the scene I was in was like, okay, how do we clean up this mess? And we're like, yeah, totally. How do we clean up this mess? And we all were looking for looking at stuff. We looked at Buddhism and, and Hinduism and humanism. So, so many isms trying to figure out how do we how do we fix this? And it turns out a lot of us became Christians. After we left high school, we were all ashamed a little bit. Like we came back together and was like, oh, well, I totally became a Christian. And they're like, what? You did? I, I did too. We're like, what? Really? Sweet. And so did Josh. And so did Clay. And so did Davis. I mean, it was like, wow. This is what we were looking for. Because, yeah, I mean, I found dead ends in so many things. But then after I investigated everything, I was like, okay, well, I mean, Jesus, you know, church. Maybe Jesus is good. So I read Luke. Be cool to the jerks. Love your enemies. What? Nobody else says this. This is going to do it. This is going to push back on the evil. This is the answer that I've been looking for. Dealing with these Christians. With, it, with, with, these, with these, these folks in the inner varsity. <laughs> inner varsity, they won't shut up about Luke. They love Luke. And it was so good. Guys, we're going to be studying Luke. Luke changed my life more than any other book I've ever written or read in my life. And we're going to be doing this for a while. 12 months from now, I'm not sure. I don't know how long it's going to last. 12 months from now, guys, if you let it, this you're going to be different. Our community is going to be different. If we try some of the crazy stuff that that Jesus says to try... You're gonna have to think about this. Like, okay, am I gonna do this, or do I, do I have, or do I have to set myself up to ignore the next nine, twelve months of sermons? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You remember my buddy Ryder who preached like three or four months ago? What did he preach out of? Luke. Ah, this changes stuff. Changes your life. You might have another new one of those two cultures clashing in your head and staring at the ceiling. How familiar are you at this point with the texture of your ceiling? Twelve months from now, you might be a whole lot more familiar. Because Sunday nights, you'll be staring. Oh, crap, Jesus. I don't want to do that. But I think you want me to. And I don't know what's going to happen. I am so excited for this. This is going to be so great. Friends, <laughs> so fasten your seatbelt or don't and get thrown out the window. Because <laughs> we're in for a ride.
Jesus says weird stuff in here, and it leads to goodness. It leads to goodness that is weird. Come with us. You want to do this. It's going to be weird. All right. That's the intro. Hope your appetites are whetted. Thanks for listening, guys.